This is Jalen, and you're listening to the Firm Foundation Church Podcast, where you'll get weekly episodes featuring your favorite sermons straight from our in-person Sunday morning services. Check it out. So today, we're beginning a brand new series. This is a a series on the vision and and the culture and the DNA of who we are as a church. And so the title of this series is called Living on Mission. Uh, That's the direction of where we're going for the next three weeks. We're going to talk about who God has uniquely called us to be as a church. And uh, we're going to lay out some reminders of who we want to be and who he's called us to be. And and so that's what we're going to be looking at over the next three weeks as we take some time to discover our greater purpose and we don't lose sight of who we are as a church. And and so how many of you guys, just out of curiosity, enjoy action-packed movies? Action movies, all right? Most of the guys. I saw some girls. I'd love to see that. That's fun. Man, I love action movies. And for me personally, like the more action, the better. Uh, and so I've watched a whole lot of action films throughout uh, my life. And so I think there's kind of this reoccurring theme that I see in most of these movies. Uh, you know, you have this single character, this individual, um, and they're minding their own business. They're going about their mundane, everyday lives until something changes. Something happens. They encounter an evil. They encounter someone that's coming up against them. Something causes some change to happen in their life. And all of a sudden, you see a hero that begins to emerge, uh, that stands up to the impossible odds that are surrounding them, and they overcome whatever evil is trying to rise up uh, against them. And so all of a sudden, these ordinary people are pushed to this place of doing something extraordinary, right? Extraordinary. Uh, And so we see them uh, do that as they fight against that, and all of a sudden, they're kind of in this place of not just living their everyday lives, but they have a mission to accomplish. Uh, And once they accept their mission, they go from their ordinary lives to all of a sudden being heroes inside of the story. And so once they accept the mission, all of a sudden they have a new thing that they're now going after, and they're going to have to be fighting against someone, something, or some organization that wants to, to pull them down. And so these missions seem impossible. That's one of the storylines. Some of you got it. Mission impossible. Sometimes these missions seem impossible, but somehow it doesn't make sense. They're able to complete it. Uh, And so that's what we're going to be talking a little bit about this morning. Uh, Because when you see a a hero uh, that has a mission and a cause to fight for, something amazing happens. And I think this is so relatable to, to you and I. I've seen so many men and women who do not have a mission who are just going through the everyday routines of life and they're just surviving and getting by. But the men and women that I've observed that have a mission, that have a greater purpose and something they're going after, they tend to accomplish way more than the others that are just in this process of trying to survive and get by and look after themselves. But whenever they have a mission that's bigger than them, greater than them and others focused, all of a sudden something emerges from their life and something begins to transform and they're able to do something that does not make 
sense. And that's one of the main reasons why I love, I think, these action-packed movies and these films and these storylines, because I can kind of see myself in them. You know, I may not be as cool as Tom Cruise walking away from a blast that's coming up behind me, but I feel like that sometimes, like, man, God, you've called me on a mission. I'm going to do whatever it takes to fulfill that mission. And so I want to encourage us to, to have that kind of uh, um, vision in mind as we are living our everyday running around lives that we are fighting to overcome the odds that are trying their best to drive us away from a God-purpose style of living. And so that's what he's called us to do. And so I believe that we are men and women on mission. We're called to live on mission. And so we need to ask ourselves, what are we living for? What is the mission that we have in mind? What are we going after? Are there injustices in our lives or around us that we're called to fight against? Are there needs around us that we are called to do something about? You know, do we see this life as a battleground or a playground? Those that see this life as a playground, I believe are missing out on their calling as a follower of Jesus Christ. But those that see this place as a battleground are doing something effective for the kingdom of God and are about moving his kingdom forward. And so we as a church are at risk of becoming complacent, of becoming too comfortable. And we need to be reminded today that we are called to live on mission. So go with me to Proverbs 29. And we're going to look at verse 18. This is going to be a familiar passage that we've used before and we've talked about before, but I think this is so key anytime we're talking about vision and who God has called us to be. Um, in the King James Version, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. You guys know I love the New Living Translation version. So here's the New Living Translation. It says, Where people do not accept divine guidance, They run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. And so here's what I believe this is speaking. Where there's no vision, guidance, there's no higher calling or mission or or bigger picture that we're running after, then we get to this place of perishing, of where we're running wild and where we're stumbling over ourselves and, and missing out on what Jesus Christ has called us to do, which is to live on mission. In Isaiah 54, we find a prophetic word that is spoken over the future church that is a promise of increase and a word that says there might be small beginnings, but trust me, I'm in the process of moving. I want you to get ready because something big is happening. Breakthrough is coming your way. And so it says in Isaiah 54, two, enlarge your house, get prepared, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense. You see, in times of difficulty, we naturally tend to give up. We become complacent. Um, Some of us even run away from times of difficulty because we think that's what's easiest. But God has called us to position ourselves, to press on, to go further. And so God is presenting you and I with some opportunities. And so what are we going to do with opportunities? A brand new opportunity, I think, is such an incredible 
an exciting thing. I love the calling and purposes that God has for all of us. Paul saw opportunity while he was on a missionary journey in 1 Corinthians. And he tells us about this opportunity in verse 9 of chapter 16. He says, there's a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. You see, I believe in this season of life that there are some wide open doors of opportunity waiting for us as a church. And he, for whatever reason, has invited us to be a part of it. You know, opportunities come in a lot of different shapes and and sizes and and forms throughout our lives. There's financial opportunities of investing into things. There's business opportunities, career change opportunities. There's uh, relational opportunities. There's kind of stepping out to lead opportunities that come our way at times. There's serving opportunities and opportunities for us to give our lives away to something bigger than us. And so I want to make some observations for just a moment of what of opportunity because i think opportunity is right here at our doorstep there is a wide open door of opportunity for us as a church and and so the first one is this opportunities take a measure of faith now we just talked about faith yesterday at our men's breakfast here at nine o'clock so there's a little plug for that every second saturday you can write it down in your calendar right now men we're going to be here at the church at nine o'clock we tell you otherwise. Uh, sometimes we'll do some other activities. Uh, but we talked about faith. That's kind of what we're talking about in this semester, in this season. Uh, and uh, opportunities take a measure of faith because sometimes you cannot see the results right in front of you. Uh, you know that there's an opportunity, and as you make a step towards it, you don't know how long it's going to take to get there. You know how long it's going to take for that opportunity to, to, to come about. And so sometimes we're stepping out into unknown territory. And the crazy thing is, is that there is far more usually beyond that door of opportunity that you and I could ever realize. There's often not a clear path of how we get there and how God is going to fulfill what he's called us to. And so it takes stepping out in faith in order for us to see what he could have in store for us on the other side. And so the question you need to ask today, what is that step of faith for me? What is that step of of faith, of opportunity that God has for me in this season of life? Opportunities also take a whole lot of patience. Because sometimes God has put something in your heart and you're waiting for years before you see it come to fruition. Uh, We talked about this yesterday, but there was Gideon and David and God called them to something pretty incredible, but it took years in order for them to get to that place of opportunity that God had in store for them. It took about 20 years. And so maybe you're going to have to endure for a season. Be patient while you wait. You know, God has put some things in mine and Christina's hearts and we're waiting on them. And it's hard to be patient in the waiting, but if you will continue to wait, believe, and trust, I know that your faith will get you to that place of seeing the provision of God come your way. And so patience is going to be challenging, but stay faithful in the waiting. Opportunities also usually cost you something. Opportunities will cost you something. There's going to be some sacrifice In order to step into a new opportunity, it's going to mean that you're going to have to leave some things behind. You're going to have to let some go of some things that you've been holding uh, so tightly to, and you're going to have to let go of them in order to embrace the new that God has for you. 
You know, we see this in scripture that talks about old wine skin and new wine skins. In order to embrace the new wine that God is wanting to pour out, you can't put it into an old wine skin because it'll bust it. And so you have to create, have a new wine skin that's ready to receive the new that God is wanting to pour out. And so are you positioned to let go of what was to embrace what is and what's coming? Frankly, there's some things that we need to let go of in order for God to allow us to step into what's new. Some of you are waiting still patiently, maybe not so patiently, but some of you are still in this waiting season because you won't let go. And so it's gonna cost you, but it's gonna be worth it. Let go so that God can give you the new that's ahead. Opportunities are also a place of a a fresh start. I think God is wanting to give us some new things. And so we need to embrace the fresh start that he has for all of us because it's a launching pad that will prepare us for what he has in store. And it is something new. And so God is inviting us to be a part of his vision and to step in to make an impact in the community around us. And so here is the vision of our church. Let's see if some of you know it. We are... All right, this is why we have to go back and talk about visions. (laughs) Because we, especially you, are quick to forget. I'm just kidding. I'm just hating on you. (laughs) But we say this with me. We are the people of God in the community to impact the community. This is our vision as a church. This is who we believe God has called us to be, to be the people of God, to be a reflection of Jesus, to be effective in our communities and in penetrating our communities so that we can see a lasting change and an impact that happens. And ultimately the hope in that is that we see people come to know Jesus Christ. We see them baptized, saved, disciple, and then advancing into their giftings and callings that God has on their life. And so this is who God is called to be. And if you look at this vision statement, I don't know how you see it, but I look at this and get a little overwhelmed at times because it's much bigger than myself. It's much bigger than our eldership team. It's much bigger than our leaders and our church. To make an impact in this area requires a whole lot of God. And it requires us to give up of ourselves and to sacrifice and, and to lean into the opportunities that he has for us. And for whatever reason, I've seen God's hand on this church. Man, there's so many different times we could have thrown in the towel. We could have given up. We could have walked away. But for whatever reason, God has continued to move and his hand has continued to be on us. And I believe that we are in a season of him breaking through in new ways. And so he's asked us to be a part of it. He's chosen us to be carriers of this vision. And so here's an honest conversation. Living on mission... And being carriers of the vision is a little scary. It's a lot, and it's going to require some sacrifice. And so are we willing to own it? This can be paralyzing if you allow it to be, but living for ourselves a lot of times seems like it's much easier and and less of of a hassle. Uh, because it's just my dreams and my ways and what I want to do. But when we get a picture of something that's bigger, man, God starts to do something incredible. That's where the breakthrough starts to happen. That's where those opportunities are just waiting for us to be obedient, to step forward. And it's in those moments where breakthrough happens, where it comes. And so this is something we're gonna have to wrestle through. But let me just tell you, it's not a mistake 
that you and I are called here together. It's not a mistake that we've chosen to lead and serve alongside of each other. This is a God-ordained community of believers. We are here for such a time as this. And Psalm 6511 says, you crown the year with goodness. And pay attention to this part right here. And your paths drip with abundance. Here's another word you could slide in there. Your opportunities in the right season drip with abundance. And I'm believing and so want us all to experience this goodness and this abundance that God is wanting to pour out on us in this season of life. And so as your pastor, I want to lead you and and charge you in some things today to be a Christ-like leader wherever you are, at home, in your neighborhood, at work, in your family. Be that Christ-like leader that's effective in penetrating the community that's around you. You know, before your time is up here on this earth, I want us all to accomplish all it is that he's called us to do. I don't want us to get to heaven one day and think, oh man, I didn't finish well. You know, I want to be like that passage says one day, I want to be standing before the Lord and he say, well done, good and faithful servant. Now enter into my rest. That's what I want to hear one day. And so I want us all to be able to stand up at the end and be able to say, I gave Jesus my all that we wrote every song that he placed in our heart, that we loved with hearts that were abandoned, that we started the businesses, the nonprofits that he's birthing in us, that we have raised every child to love God, that he has put in our care, that we are faithfully, um, that we are being faithful to the calling that he's uniquely given to us individually, jointly, and corporately. And so I want to encourage us, let's pursue a mission that's bigger than any of us on our own. You know, if we're just living in survival mode and, and just at this place of where we're looking out for ourselves, then it's time for us to start living for something bigger. It's time for us to get a greater mission and vision for our life. If we aren't serving inside of the church, now is the season that we are called to serve. If we aren't committed to belonging to godly community, now is the time to be committed. If we aren't tithing or giving above and beyond in any area of our life, then it's time to start giving. It's time to start tithing. It's time to start making that commitment and giving your life away to it. You know, if we aren't burdened for the lost, it's time to get a burden for the lost. We can't keep waiting. Our culture is going backwards. It's not looking good until God's people get a burden for the lost and it's gonna continue to go the wrong way. And so we've got to be pushed to this place of praying and and interceding, but also moving towards action of of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And so if there's a dormant vision or something that God has placed in your heart, today is the day for that to be awoken. Is that the right way to say that? I think so, right? Yeah, thank you. Awoken, it didn't sound right when it came out. But today is the day for that to come alive in your heart once again. And so I want to call us to live on mission and to be carriers of the vision that God has called us to. And I want us to carry the culture that he has put in our hearts as a church. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the importance of the win. 
And so anytime you have, there's a vision statement, there's a question I think that's an easy question that you always have to ask is, well, how are you going to do that? If our vision as a church is uh, to be the people of God in the community, to impact the community, the question is, how are you going to do that? And so I think we have to begin with those questions and saying, how are we going to do that? And so we've written them on our back wall so that you never forget how we are going to accomplish our mission, our vision as a church. And that's by winning the lost, discipling the saved, and helping them to advance in their giftings and their callings. And so this is something that we focus in on as a church is the win, is the disciple, and is the advance. That's how we are going to fulfill the vision that God has given to us as a church. And so then you have to ask the question again, well, how are you going to win the lost? How are you going to disciple the saved? How are you going to advance everyone into their giftings and their callings? And so we've established things that we call our nine foundations as a church. These are things that we see that Scripture teaches us often. These are characteristics and ways that we are called to live as as the church, the big church. And so these are uh, nine things that we try to focus in on as a church. And and so today we're going to be focusing in on the three that are underneath this area of win. And so the title of today's message is Missional-Minded Believers. How are we going to win the lost? How are we going to win the in the relationships inside of our community, and how are we going to win the daily battles that come our way? It's time for a missional-minded believers. Lord, we love you so much. And Lord, we ask that you would come and speak to us. Lord, that you would give us your heart and your mind. Lord, we ask that we would be sensitive to your voice today as you have called us to live missionally. And so, Lord, would you come and do a work in our lives and guide us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's talk about this today. How are we going to win the loss? How are we going to win in the relationships inside of this community that he's given to us? How are we going to win the daily battles that come our way? And we're going to do that by living missionally, by being missionally minded believers. And so here's the very first one that we say as a church is that we are going to go after the one. Write this down, hide it in your heart. This is a mission statement for you daily. Go after the one. You see, Jesus left the 99 to go after the one, lost sheep. Now, uh, on Friday, I was getting up early and I was going to the golf course and I was going to meet Mr. Adam Minger there, but he called me before I could leave the house and he said, man, I'm sorry, I can't go this morning. Um, I'm gonna, I've got something I've got to deal with. So I found out later that he left the one, me, for his three lost sheep <laughs> that had run away uh, from their little farmstead. And so can I just encourage you for a moment? That's the wrong way to do it. You guys can give Adam a hard time later on. But see, Jesus tells us to do the opposite. He says, leave the greater group in order to go after the one that was lost. Maybe I wasn't the one that's lost. Maybe that's why he went after the three, right? (laughs) And so I want to encourage us. That's who we've called to be as a church. We're called to go after the one. Who is the one in your life? Uh, You're called to, to be intentional by taking the hope, encouragement, love, acceptance, and invitation to the ones in your workplaces, schools, universities, neighborhoods, and families. And so if you can have this vision every day when you wake up, Lord, who is the one that you've called me to be intentional with today, 
then can I just encourage you for a moment? You're going to be a part of fulfilling God's call in your life. Because if you can kind of take that different approach of not just looking inward at me and all that's going on, and I'm tired and I have a headache and I don't want to be here at this stupid job. It takes up too much of my time and my kids are being noisy and the chores keep stacking up and I'm so tired of all of this stuff. But if you can just switch your mindset just a little bit and say, okay, God, you've called me to live missionally. Who do you want me to go after today? It will change your perspective. It'll change your life. God has called us to be a people on mission. Uh, this is some of the last words that Jesus gave to his disciples and to us as the church in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Is there something I want to teach you this morning? You may have heard us say this in the past, but this is one of these culture things that we want to carry uh, as a church. Uh, there's two different types of people. There are people that are here I am type of people, and there are others that are there you are type of people. So I want you to write those two down. Here I am, there you are. And I'll explain the difference between the two here in just a moment. But here I am, there you are. We want to be a there you are kind of church, kind of people. You know, a here I am kind of person shows up to church focused on themselves. What can I get out of the message today? What can God give me they walk through a grocery store minding their own business. They go to work and just try to keep their heads down and, and, and think, what can I get out of this today? Now they go home from the day and they're just focused on themselves and how they can best relax and unwind from the day. That's a here I am kind of person. But we are called to be a there you are kind of church. That's the kind of people that we want to be, that we show up to church and we look around us and are looking for opportunities to serve others. And we're looking for opportunities to share a word with them or to pray with someone. We're not just coming and saying, what can you give me? But we show up saying, what can I give to you? What can I share with you? How can I pray with you? Hey, there you are type of person walks around the grocery store and keeps their spiritual eyes open for opportunities and conversations that could potentially come their way, potential interaction that you can have with someone that God can use you in the midst of that opportunity in that moment. A there you are type of person goes to work and thinks, I've noticed this specific coworker has been struggling this week. And so I'm going to ask them about what's going on in their life, and I'm going to take some time to pray for them. Uh, there you are type of person goes home and thinks, how can I serve my spouse today? How can I serve my kids? And what are some things that we can do that will lead them into a closer relationship with Jesus? That's a there you are kind of person. And that's who we are called to be as we go after the one. We want to go after the ones and we want to be there you are kind of people in church. And, and here's the beautiful thing about that. You don't have to be that to everyone around you. Just be that to someone that's around you. Just show up focused on one person when you go to work. 
Just show up to make sure you serve one person in your home when you get there. Make sure you serve one person. Uh, ask the Lord to speak to you so you can have a conversation at, with one person as you go to the grocery store, as you go around in different places. Ask the Lord, okay, who is the one that you've called me to go after in this moment? You don't have to go after everyone. Just focus on someone. The opportunities are right there waiting for you. And the sad thing is we miss out on these opportunities all the time. There's always opportunities to impact someone's life, but we're so distracted, we're so busy, and so we miss out on this being others focused type of mentality. You know, a few months ago, um, I was busy. I was getting, trying to get some things done. I had to run into the grocery store and it was just right up the road here and I had to get some things back to the church because I had a meeting that was coming up. And so I was kind of in a hurry. But as I was driving down the road, there was a family that I noticed that needed something. And so was, and immediately I felt like the Lord says, I want you to do something for those someones. I said, okay, Lord. So I'm walking around the grocery store. I'm saying, what is that thing that I need to do for those someones? And so he gave me something specific that I needed to do for them. And so I did that and I drove over to where they were. I parked my car and I walked up to them and I said, hey, uh, I don't know you, you don't know me, but God sent me here on a mission to give this to you. And I don't know if this is what you were needing, but I felt like the Lord just told me to be obedient. And so I want you to know that I'm here to pray for you. And if there's anything that you need, please let me know. I pointed them to where our church was at. Um, we talked for a few moments and then I had the opportunity to pray with them. And in some ways that can be considered inconvenient, but man, it was probably the best part of my day. <laughs> It was one of the greatest parts of the day because here I was with this opportunity to live on mission. And so I just want to encourage you, don't miss out on those opportunities. They're around you all the time. And it's in those moments where something powerful can happen. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When you feel God nudging you to go and talk to that someone, ask for the empowerment of his Holy Spirit because he will give you everything that you need for that conversation. He will give you everything that you need and he will tell you what their needs are even ahead of time so that you know how to pray. We are called to win the lost, to win the relationships inside of our community here as believers. And we are called to win the daily battles that come our way by going after the ones. The second thing in being missionally minded believers, we are called as a church to make room at the table. This is the second way that we want to live. This is kind of our second foundation as a church. We want to make room at the table. And the table can mean a whole lot of different things. The table can mean seats in the sanctuary. Uh, the table can mean a parking spot here at our church building. The table could mean your physical home, could mean your physical table. What making room at the, the table simply means we are making room for God to create an opportunity for us to serve and love someone well right now. That's what this principle is all about, of making room at the table. We say that as a church, we are called to make room through generosity. We will give through our tithes and offerings, through acts of service, through giving up of our seats and parking spaces, through outreach and evangelism, and by doing whatever it takes to make room for someone at the table. Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 through 25 says, give freely 
and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And Chris Chupp was just talking about this this morning during our huddle message, the importance of sowing and reaping. Some of us may be struggling in our finances right now because we're not tithing and being obedient in our giving. Some of us might be struggling right now in the season and we might be really anxious because we're not sowing seeds of faith. You know, there's a lot of different examples that we could call out here, but I love how this says in verse 35 that the generous will prosper. It's a promise. It's a guarantee. That's gonna happen. And those who refresh others, who are others-focused, who serve others, will them themselves be refreshed. And I wanna encourage you to make room at the table in your schedules to connect with each other. And I think this is something that's so important and we see this modeled inside of the New Testament church. Uh, and so I wanna encourage you to take once a month. Now, you have to be intentional about this, but set aside some time in your schedule once a month to invite another family in our church to your house for dinner. It can be inconvenient, but it's powerful because one of the things that we can see about the early day church is that they often took time and broke bread together they fellowshiped with one another and they encouraged each other. Here's the thing that I know without a shadow of a doubt in my life, I need you and you need me. I need you and you need me. That means we've got to set some time aside to encourage each other, to help one another, to encourage each other. And so instead of saying uh, uh, it's all about me and you know being that type of person, that it's all about me and just waiting for someone to invite you over to their home, you invite them into your house first. Refresh others, you know, men, go out and grab coffee with each other. And I think it's so important that we connect on that personal level because here's the thing, I can know you as a person on Sunday morning, but I really don't know you and you don't really know me until we get together for an hour and just share about life and what's going on and we can help each other and be there for one another and pray together. And and so I wanna encourage you men and, and women, take time to do that once a month, have someone into your home. Once a month, get together with another man, women, get together with another gal and make sure you're taking time just to have some life conversations. We need to make this a priority in our life to make room at the table in our time for each other. And so I wanna encourage you to do that. You know, I'm so proud of uh, several different men that are in here today that took some time aside last Sunday to, to serve the Chapman family. Uh, David and Sarah Chapman recently moved into their new home and they're like, man, we need some help moving some big pieces of furniture. And and so I'm so proud of those of you that showed up to help. Uh, That's something that we are called to do is to serve one another, is to care for each other, um, is to look for those opportunities in the communities around us because the lost need to be found. They need Jesus. And so we are called to step in and to make room for them and to help them overcome their daily battles and challenges. And so the way we do that is by what? Making room at the table. Thirdly, in order to be missionally minded believers, we need to be sharing the good news. Share the good news. Jesus Christ died and rose again so that we could be forgiven of our sins and have relationship with him. And so we want to share this 
with those that God brings into our path. Psalms 96.3 says, Publish His glorious deeds among the nations. Tell a few people. Read it. What's it say? Tell everyone about the amazing things that God has done. Are you sharing what God is doing? Or are you sharing about how awful your life is and how hard it is all the time? Now, get me for just a moment. If you're struggling, it's okay. We are called to be there for you. Please be open, please be vulnerable, but at some point you gotta, you gotta turn the page and you gotta start publishing his good deeds and be thankful for his faithfulness and, and start sharing with others about what he's done and how he picked you up out of that darkest season in your life and now has gotten you to this place of being where you need to be at as a family being where you need to be at as a wife or as a husband or as a son or a daughter. And now you begin to tell others about how God has been faithful. And so I want to ask you this question this morning. How has God been faithful to you? How? Tell somebody. Tell somebody about it. You know, during Vacation Bible School, one of the things that we make a big deal of is, is we take time to make sure we're paying attention to what God is doing around us. And then we call those God sightings. And we are teaching our kids to do this, but I think so often we as adults miss out on this principle. We can't look back and say, man, this is how God has showed up for me this past week because we've been so busy we're not slowing down. We're not taking time to recognize his goodness in our life. And because of that, we have nothing good to share with the people around us. All we can share about is what's hard and what's difficult and how it's so busy and how it's so frustrating because we haven't taken time to remember what he's done. And so I want to encourage you, take time to look for those God sightings. Take time to find those moments of how your God has been faithful and then don't just hold it to yourself, but tell somebody about it. You know, I shared a couple of weeks ago about the importance, especially for us, it was last Sunday, as, as parents to tell our kids how God has been faithful in our life. Because if we're not taking time to share with them and to, to set up uh, this um, kind of uh, Joshua stone as a place of remembrance of saying, guys, we want you to know this is a miraculous way that God has moved in our life. And if we don't take time to show our kids that, then will they truly believe that there's a God that is wanting to work supernaturally in our lives? Or will they just see life as burdensome and, and difficult and, and heavy? We need to make sure that we are teaching those around us this principle of, of being grateful and sharing the good news about Jesus. Math, uh, Mark 16, 15 says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And so here's what I want you to understand today. You have a story to share. You have a testimony. God is moving faithfully in your life. And so I want to encourage you, tell somebody about it. In order for us to be missionally minded as believers, we need to take time to go after the one, make room at the table, share the good news about Jesus Christ. And so now is the time, more than in any other season of our life, if we want to be positioned for where God has called us to be, it's time to start being carriers of this vision. It's time to start living in these ways. And so I'm calling us as a church to be focused 
on the win, to get a burden for the loss and to start doing something about it is to win the relationships inside of this community of believers, to go after these relationships, to be iron sharpening iron, to stand with each other, to pray for one another, to intercede on each other's behalf. Because here's what I know, you can't do it on your own and I can't do it on my own. We need each other. So go after those relationships and and strive to win in those relationships. Win the daily battles that come your way. Man, stop falling backwards. If you mess up, if you fall into another bad habit or sin pattern, get back up and keep moving forward. And God's grace is so much bigger than you could ever think or imagine. And so I wanna ask you just to stand to your feet with me this morning as we close out our time together. As you're standing to your feet, I just wanna invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you just to ask a question that we ask at the end of every single service and uh, we don't want to ask this question just as this, this is how we end the service, and so this is how we always do it, but we truly want this to be um, uh, just a posture that we take every single week by saying, okay, now we're going to stop from the message, we're going to get quiet for a moment, and then we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us on a personal level. And so right there you're at, man, maybe you need to lift your hands, maybe you need to outstretch your hands so that you're in this posture of receiving, but whatever posture it is that you need to take, Right there where you're at, say, Holy Spirit, what is it that you're saying to me? Thanks for tuning in. If what you heard today was inspirational or transformative, tell us about it. We love your feedback. For more information on how you can get connected, check us out at firmfoundation.church.